So hopefully that answers the question. Love me some snack hour. Love me some protein bars. And there's actually some logic behind why I wear two watches. At least it makes sense to me. There are things that are good enough just so that uh, you don't let progress, you don't let perfection get in the way in progress, right? I'm a huge firm believer that progress always beats out perfection. But I just, I really do love the process. And I'm hoping at the very least it can be a case study of if you really love something and you do it with solid intention with the best of intentions and you do it on a consistent basis you have no idea where it can go good afternoon good evening good morning my name is tim i am long-winded by nature and i'm about to do a bit of q a and i've had these sitting in my tiktok inbox for god knows how long i love the questions that y'all send i if i don't see them my wife sees them because she goes through and reads all the comments and I can't tell you how much I appreciate A, just people spending time with me, but B, asking questions and asking some really good questions too. If I've never responded to a question, it is most likely because I feel the answer is too long-winded for me to try to squeeze it into a TikTok, or I am just can't fathom how I would actually produce something that would be in the style that I usually produce, and I grossly over-engineered it in my head. And so anyway, that's the reason why I don't respond to as much Q&A as I would like to, but hey, now there's this thing called a podcast, <laughs> which feels super weird to say out loud, but yes, sitting here in my basement doing this, and now I can do Q&A all day, every day. Well, not really. I still have a job, but you get the point. I can do a lot more of this. All right, so I'm going to try to answer a handful of these and keep it in a decent chunk of time. I don't know. 20, 30 minutes, something along those lines. And there's going to be a phone number as well that will have the ability to call and leave a message. If this was a live radio show, that'd be incredible. One-on-one conversations are my favorites. But I haven't quite figured out how I would do that yet specifically for the podcast. So the ability to the ability to just take your voicemail and turn them into a Q&A session, session or um, what would be referred to as an AMA, Ask Me Anything, that would be super dope. But for now, I'm just going to go through your Q&A based off of what is in my TikTok feed and see how many of these I can answer. All right, the first one that popped up is, what do you do for work now? Uh, who do you do it for? All right, so I'm not going to get into too many of the specifics here, but basically my title is Vice President of Production and Creative Services. I run approximately 240-person creative team, and I do this job for one of the largest cable companies in the country. And basically my function, well, I'll tell you what my team does, and then I'll tell you a little bit about my function. So my team has two separate core competencies. One is working with mostly small business clients spread out across the country to help bring them creative, mostly in the form of television commercials. So, yes, a large team of people that make TV commercials for small businesses. We're the reason why, if you've ever been watching something on AMC, ESPN, you know, you name it, could be a streaming program. If you've seen a small business pop up during a television commercial pod, or in some sort of streaming service, there's a distinct possibility that my team did that. 
I came from ESPN 10 years ago. I can't believe it's been that long. And I have a live sports production background, and then I worked on the marketing side of things for ESPN for a while. And that's where I met somebody who then in basically invited me to come do this job. And it's, God, has it been a crazy 10 years? But basically, you know, I could be running a cardboard box making factory as far as like what I do on a day in and day out basis, PL management, process management, you know, dealing with HR issues, you know, broader strategic planning, et cetera. Uh, I'm very fortunate that because I don't really touch a lot of stuff with clients. I touch a lot of things for our brand. The other half of the of the team works on our, our brand creative. So I touch a lot of that. But for the most part, I'm just I'm the driver of the bus. When you run a department, it gets a little mechanical. Um, I try to bring personality to it. But anyway, I hope that's a decent answer of explaining a little bit about what I do and what my team does. Uh, somebody wrote, I can't remember to see find the video, but what pre-workout do you take every morning? That would be Minted Health. I love the pink lemonade flavor. I've tried, I, I've, I could do an entire series on pre-workout. For some reason, pre-workout just sits so much better in my stomach and just does not give me acid reflux the way the coffee does. So I substituted coffee. I took coffee completely out of the picture several years ago and have just been drinking pre-workout. And my relationship with pre-workout goes back to 2006, 2007. I remember seeing a commercial for a product by a company called BSN. The product was called uh, NO Explode. And I was like, what a crazy concept that you make yourself this little fruit punch drink and then you feel like a absolute lunatic going to the gym. Sounds interesting. Let me try that. And love the concept, love the taste. You know, first definitely was one of those was like, wow, this is kind of intense. But now it's like my coffee. I've tried just about all of them. I'm sure there have been more brands coming out recently that I haven't been able to get my hands on because I've been so specific to just minted over the past, jeez, I guess it's been a year or so, maybe more. But yeah, no coffee for me. Just pre-workout. Minted health pre-workout is uh, is my jam right now. Tim, the question asks, I run and eat healthy, but I love beer. What is your intake for beer, the brown stuff for the night? So if you're listening to this, you probably have watched my TikToks, and I refer to snack hour and a tiny sip of the brown stuff. I'm very routine-oriented, and I'll take a step back based on the question of basically how much alcohol do I consume and I will state that I have been tracking my macros or had been tracking my macros for years. It was actually one of the things that I traded off to be able to have time to respond to comments on TikTok. As crazy as that sounds, I was like, where am I going to find an extra like 20 minutes a day from? Oh, I've logged my food for several years now. I kind of get the gist of it. I don't feel like I have to do that anymore. Instead of logging my food, I'll respond to comments. And that's literally how I was able to kind of chip away at time and be able to put more in the bucket of making stuff and interacting versus just, you know, doing whatever I was doing on a day in and day out basis. So with the tracking of the macros, I started to get very intentional with obviously what I was putting in my body, but I got very, I got a great understanding as to how many calories were coming from which places and really became I don't want to say obsessed, but I got this just craving for how do I 
do this the right way relative to like what is my diet or as close to the right way as possible, but let my inner fat kid run wild. I used to be 60 pounds heavier, so I'm, again, going back to why I would even track macros in the first place. Uh, I would argue that I'm hungry all the time, but being able to have an understanding of what I'm putting in my body and what it does allows me to have better sensibilities and a bit more self-control. So with all that in mind, and because I track macros and learned what macros, well, what specifically alcohol does for you calorie-wise, that made me rethink, you know, what I was consuming at the time. And I've also, you know, I've gone through the evolution of beer drinking. I was, you know, Miller Lite and Shandies and just kind of anything off the shelf for a while. Got really lucky and spoiled when I outstanding arguably the greatest brewery in the world in my humble opinion opened up just a few blocks from my house so now i can just go there basically whenever i want and have what i think is the greatest brewery in the world never liked ipas until i started drinking other half brewery stuff but god have i been addicted since then so that all leads back to the answer to the question which is what is your intake of the brown stuff for the night so between beer and usually a sip of bourbon, it is maybe 16 ounces of beer. You know, if I am go crazy, I'll have like 18, 20 ounces maybe if I open a second can just because I want to try something, but I do not let myself go past that. And sometimes too, depending on the, uh, the ABV level, I will feel whacked if I, if I do go past 16 ounces. And then a tiny sip of the brown stuff, like literally just like the tiniest sip think not even an ounce but i don't know there's an argument to be made like why drink it all if you're just gonna have that much because i like it i like the taste i like the kind of warm tingling sensation i'm sure it's just in my head but i feel like it helps me sleep better and I'm n i know that there's a lot of science around that that says that that's actually not the case but truth be told also i was a <laughs> diagnosed insomniac several years ago uh, and I have to take sleeping pills, so I guess that's that part of it is irrelevant. But hopefully that answers the question. 16 ounces of beer, less than an ounce of the cold brown stuff. And I feel like I can do that basically seven days a week. And I have been for a long, long, long time. All right, next up is what is the wife's fish taco recipe? So we eat fish tacos every single Monday night. Today happens to be a Monday. We are definitely having them tonight. There's a, I gotta figure out how I can link to this, but basically on my website, which is tim.work, tim with two m's, tim, t-i-m-m dot work, exactly as it sounds, w-o-r-k, there are a couple of folders, one has a bunch of career tips and perspective stuff that I've put in there over the years, over the years being since I've been making TikToks, which is now like three, and then there's another folder that just, I think I call it life hack stuff. And in there is the recipe for the infamous fish taco slaw, which is basically shredded cabbage, strawberries, jalapeno, lemon juice, salt, and pepper. Pretty straightforward. None of those need to be, they just literally need to be put in a bowl and mixed and tossed and get the right portions. But it is so goddamn good. And I'll also use that as an opportunity to say, I think it is tremendously powerful if you take if you make the effort to have your favorite meal 
every Monday. And by favorite meal, I just mean a comfort meal, like something simple like fish tacos, or it could be mac and cheese for you. It could be, I don't know, something that's not going to be a super heavy lift where you start to regret the process that goes into it, but something that's legitimately one of your favorites, because I think it just makes an absolutely monster, you know, monster difference in how your Monday can actually go. What brought about, so back kind of to the food question, what brought about stack hour protein bars and wearing two watches? I mean, it's all kind of, it's all kind of a snowball effect. 45 years old, I guess I'll start with, I mean, stack hour, I guess they're all kind of intertwined, but I'll start with the two watches. 2015, I think it was, I can actually look this up in real time as I'm talking. I think it was 2015 that I started wearing a Fitbit. And I started wearing a Fitbit just because back then there were, you know, conversations all the time about, you know, I think the 10,000 steps a day thing was really just becoming a, you know, a big thing. And I was thought, oh, that's such an interesting concept. I was already in pretty good shape, but I was just curious as to what kind of movement do I actually have? And it was actually, it was 2015. Is that what I said? I either said 17 or 15. Anyway, it was 2015. June of 2015 that I started to wear a Fitbit and loved it. Just loved the data collection. I love the interface of the app. It's just, I've always felt like a smart and fun way to have kind of a single source of truth for all things activity and calories in and calories out. That's where I was originally logging my food. Apple comes out with the Apple watch. And at first I like, that's cool, but I love the Fitbit and I don't want to lose that interface. If it has a Fitbit in it, like if it will just basically log the same stuff and push it to the Fitbit app, great, but it doesn't do that. So I kind of passed on the Apple Watch at first, but once the Apple Watch incorporated the phone where you can actually answer the phone on your watch, I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Now I can run and not carry my phone with me, which I actually still do, so (laughs) at that point, kind of flew out the window, but it just, there were a lot of things about it from a practical perspective that made it, you know, it's a Swiss army knife on your wrist. It can do a bazillion different things, but it doesn't have Fitbit data and it doesn't have the ability to push the information to Fitbit, at least not in a way that I know that there's some ways to kind of like interface some of the data points, but not in a way that I'm comfortable with because I've got so much historic data Right, if I'm going into year eight of having this much information about myself, when I got when I finally bought the Apple Watch, it had the phone in it. And started to see and at first I thought, okay, I'm totally just gonna get this one and then in time I'll phase out the Fitbit. Let me just wear two at the same time to like, you know, are the step count numbers drastically different like what are the pros and cons let me just wear them both for a while it might look goofy but let me just wear them both for a while and figure it out obviously i just ended up wearing both in perpetuity but i also found along the way how practical it is at least for me and how crazy my days are to have one thing that's basically there just to help keep me on track relative to my standing up and walking enough consistently throughout the day? Am I hitting 10,000 steps? Like what's my general level of activity? And then something else, it's going to be more practical relative to meeting schedules and phone calls coming through 
And when I am working out and the Fitbit's just in workout mode, that it's much easier to read my watch on my right hand then. And so, yeah, again, I fully intended to phase out the Fitbit and just go with the Apple Watch exclusively, but I'm, I've found that they both serve very practical purposes. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm 100% sure that it is totally unnecessary for me to do this, but it just makes sense in my head. I've been doing it for a while, and I kind of like it now. Protein bars. That also goes back to the inner fat kid and the fact that I used to be 60 pounds heavier. I'm just, I'm enamored with them. There's something about the concept of basically trying to recreate candy bars in these more health conscientious ways. And because of how saturated the marketplace is, there's just so many out there. And I've got a bit of an obsession with trying as many as I possibly can. I just find them interesting and in, in from every different angle. It's the taste, it's the texture, it's the smell, it's the flavor varieties that can be all over the map, but it's also the branding and the packaging and the marketing. You know, I could get into really specific conversations as to why I have a lot of issues with the way Lenny's and Larry's markets their products, why I love the brand Grenade and their Carb Killer bars, but still for the life of me, cannot figure out why in the world they name themselves Grenade and why it's called Carb Killer when it's got 25 grams of carbs in it. I mean, I, I understand why they want that to be the perception, but anyway, I kind of get the point. But it, it's an amazing bar. So I can go down a rabbit hole. You hand me a protein bar and want to have a conversation about it, and I can have a long-ass conversation about one protein bar, let alone a lot of protein bars. And I just, it's it's fun for me. Some of the oldest content that I've got out there is our YouTube videos where I'm doing these 60-second somewhat abstract protein bar reviews. And part of me kind of wishes that that's all I still did. But say la vie, things, uh, things evolve, and I'm still obsessed with them. And then snack hour. So again, going back to the inner fat kid and tracking macros, etc., I need to give myself a cutoff window. I, I, I'm, I'm like stumbling over the words because it will sound odd to say it out loud, but I really, 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 really do not think that I would be nearly as productive if, at night if I didn't have a beer and popcorn alongside me. Cleaning out the inbox, finally getting into PowerPoints, with some quiet space around me to be able to review and approve stuff. All of the work that requires kind of deep focused monotasking for some reason is just easier and more enjoyable for me when I've got a beer and popcorn with me. So that's when I usually do that kind of work for things that I can't knock out in the morning. And by putting an hour around it and calling it snack hour, it kind of creates guardrails and wild west snacking at the same time it's almost like a miniature version of what is it intermittent fasting right it's the hour starts and stops kind of free rain in between but you know it's not going to go on forever and it also it, there's just like a nice little ritual to it so hopefully that answers the question Love me some snack hour, love me some protein bars, and 
there's actually some logic behind why I wear two watches. At least it makes sense to me. Podcast, I have no idea. But I know it's not going to go as far as I would want or wish or hope it could potentially go if I don't put in real concerted effort being, how do I get better at public speaking? How can I become a more refined executive level employee? And those are massive time commitments on stuff that I already am stretched relatively thin on. But I just, I'm, I will never get to a place where I am good enough. There are things that are good enough just so that uh, you don't let progress, you don't let perfection get in the way in progress, right? I'm a huge firm believer that progress always beats out perfection. So with those things in mind and just wanting to consistently do what I can to make myself better all around, that that's what drives me. It's the opportunity to see what's next. I mean, it's, it's the same reason, and I kind of said this in another episode, but when I was trying to give rationale for working as hard as I do, it's kind of the same thing like if you were a professional basketball player. Like what drives you to go to the gym half hour before anybody else just to get in another 53 free throws? Because you want to get better. And again, I I will never raise the Stanley Cup over my head. I'm not going to win a sports championship of any major kind. I'm not going to do a lot of the things that who we usually see working as hard as they do. I will not achieve those things because I'm very much kind of a just normal-ish corporate person. But it doesn't mean I can't have the mentality. It doesn't mean that I can't think, man, that'd be dope if I got really good at this. Or like, where would it be? Where could things potentially be in five years if I made that time commitment now to go and learn that thing and take those courses? And I could be a lot better about it too, but. All right. And let's see what else we got here. We'll do one more and keep this episode relatively quick. Uh, (laughs) I I guess here's here's a question that I wrote. This doesn't make sense, but I, I guess this is the case. And, and this was about last year. What posts made you cringe the most? Um, all of them. <laughs> it's part of the reason why I'm so thankful and so appreciative for all of you to be spending time with me. And why I've got kind of a singular mission of just paying things forward in a reasonable way. I've gained so much executive level of experience in a relatively short period of time. I know 10 years is not a short period of time, you know, big picture, but I think at 45, you know, it's, I've got lightning bolts and lightning bolts of just experience and crazy situations that I've lived through, managed through that range from complete and total department reorgs to, you know, companies merging, etc. And so I'm, I'm, I want to pay it forward as best possible. And that's why I'm super thankful that people spend time with me because I, I do genuinely know that I can help folks. And I see it in the comments a lot too, about just kind of helping. It even feels awkward to say it out loud, but it's, it's there. <laughs> and so asking the question basically to myself of what post made me cringe the most all of them it just it feels so goofy that i'm doing this if i'm being totally honest but i just i really do love the process 
and I'm hoping at the very least it can be a case study of if you really love something and you do it with solid intention with the best of intentions and you do it on a consistent basis you have no idea where it can go I never would have fathomed I'd be sitting here in my basement at the start of 2023 trying to get a podcast off the ground because of TikTok at 45 <laughs> that makes that makes no sense whatsoever but here I am so just because I make myself cringe all the time, just because you make yourself cringe all the time, if you do, or just because you have insecurities doesn't mean that you don't have something to share, or and it definitely does not mean that you should step away from things you're passionate about. I just like making videos. I just love that shit. So that's why I keep coming back, even if I make myself cringe on everything. My name is Tim. I'm long-winded by nature, and I'm hopeful that by the time you hear this, there will be a phone number for you to call where you can leave questions for future episodes because this is, and it's probably, it'll be way better too when I can get, hear voices and think through things a bit deeper. I think text only allows it to go so far and you don't hear the tone in the person's voice and those types of elements to it. So, we shall see. But, have a great day. And thank you so much for spending time with me. Cheers.